Hey everyone, thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of the Put the Stress Down podcast. In this episode, we sit with our good friend Alex, co-host of the Embrace the Grind podcast, for a good conversation on what it was like for him growing up as the youngest brother and dealing with divorce at a young age and things of that nature. So it's a good conversation and I'm looking forward to sharing it with you guys. But before we get started, I want to tell you quickly about our sponsors. The first one is going to be Traditional Intense and you can find them at www.traditionalintense.com and they offer three capsules all now natural mushroom and plant roots that will help you with productivity, vitality, and just overall health. So check them out at traditionalintense.com and use code VET10, that's V-E-T-10, for 10% off. Also brought to you by Wardog Concealment. If you're in the concealment space, if you go to the range and you're looking for magazines, custom holsters, things of that nature, check them out, www.wardogconcealment.com and use code EXTENDEDFAMILY for 10% off. We hope you enjoy the show. Welcome to the show. Thank you for listening. I don't know how to fix this when I can't see right through my head. And I don't know what I'm doing that can't shake down all this fear and all this damn therapy. It's really just scaring me. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Put the Stress Down podcast. As always, you are listening to the smooth sounds of Bobo. Shout out to him for letting us use that track. As always, it is an honor and an absolute pleasure to be back here tonight. As always, like I always say, this life is a gift and today's no different. And tonight is going to be a great show. And one of my absolute favorite things to do is to talk to other content creators because you get to know them a bit through their own shows and their own content. But coming on this show gives them a chance to share another side of themselves and, and to do something outside of the restrictions of their own shows because they are trying to build that brand. They are trying to cultivate a certain experience. So this just gives you a chance to see another side of them. So tonight's guest is one half of a duo that hosts one of my favorite sports podcasts out right now called Embrace the Grind, which you can follow at Embrace Grind Pod on Twitter. And he's agreed to come on today and share his story and talk about some things in the hopes of helping others. And I look forward to hearing all of it. And so ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, please welcome our good friend Alex to the show. Yeah, I think that might have been one of the best intros that I've ever gotten. And um just want to say, for starters, I appreciate you for uh, extending the invitation for me to come on your platform, uh, for me to talk. Uh, this is my first time, you know, co- going on another podcast. This is my own. Uh, you know, so I, I'm definitely appreciative of it. Uh, you know, we had talked about it, you know, prior in the past. You know, you actually were one of the first supporters, you know, of my podcast. You know, consistent. You still, you know, continue to to show love on a consistent basis so you know had to show right back and you know come right on the show i do love what you're doing over here um i love the message that you promote about mental health i think that's one of the most important messages that's what i always tell you and yeah i'm just glad to be here yeah, it's a pleasure to have you, man. It really is. And you're absolutely right. I, I've been down from the jump with you guys. And we'll get into that a little bit later. And we'll talk about, you know, the evolution of the show and how far you guys have come. Because, you know, you're getting better every, every episode, man. So it's just been a joy to kind of be along for the ride. So thank you, you know, for taking the time to come on. Because 
without men and women like yourself who are willing to take this time, who are willing to come on and be open and share their truths, this show doesn't exist, you know, and people don't get healed and people aren't getting help. So thank you, man. It means a lot. So let's get into it, man. Let's start from the beginning. You know, what was it like uh, growing up for you? And, you know, what was it like culturally? And whereabouts did you, what was your stomping grounds? Uh, So I grew up in Providence, Rhode Island. I was the youngest of three boys. Uh, my father is El Salvadorian. Uh, he came from El Salvador when about 14, 15 years old. He moved to the Bronx. Uh, my mom was born and raised in Puerto Rico. She came here when she was about 18. Um, and that's actually, you know, where my story begins. Because that's where they met. You know, my dad, you know, bagged my mom that she was taking up her groceries. She already had my older brother, uh, Jason, <laughs> at the time. And, you know, it was all it was the way he tells me it was based on a bet like yo, i bet you i go get her number and you know just you know eventually you know consistency eventually you know got together a few years later um my brother comes and then you know me so i am the youngest of three boys and that's where my story starts but you know they came to providence rhode island you know in the early 90s uh, just because uh new york was pretty way more dangerous than it is now at that right. time you know there was a crack going around at that time but you know um thankfully that was a little before my time i didn't really have to deal with like too much of that situation i do feel like it's because ultimately my parents decided to make the choice to raise us out in rhode island instead of new york okay and so you know childhood i feel like that's that accounts for a lot of who we are as we grow up right especially like our teenage years and you know pre-teen years especially things it's not you can't just be a kid sometimes you know you have to grow up a little bit faster and i know for me when I was five, my parents got divorced. And so did, is that something that you had to experience? And how did you deal with that when the time came? Yeah, um, I was about eight or nine years old when my parents got divorced. And it was ugly, man. Like, it was real ugly. Like, they, they used to have crazy arguments, like loud, violent, like throwing things at each other, like shit like that. And, you know, at the time I was eight or nine years old, I don't, I don't know what the fuck is going on. Right. I'm just like, yo, why, why, what's this tension? Why, and why is this shit like every day? Like, why does it happen every day? I remember, you know, me and my brother just, you know, trying to just get away, you know, just from the arguments, you know, we couldn't really leave the house or anything like that. But, you know, just, you know, we didn't want to be a part of that. And then, you know, what comes with that, you know, parents, you know, talking against each other, kind of trying to, Poison the well, you know, trying to gain favor with the children and all that. Um, there was there was a point in time because you know divorce happened. My, my dad um, cheated on my mom. Uh, he ended up getting another woman pregnant, and that that ended up being you know a blessing. But you know that ultimately was the end. You know that I don't think there was any coming back from that. Right. Um, so from that, you know, my mom was hurt. So there was a point in time where. She wasn't letting us see it. It was kind of see our dad. It was kind of sour grapes. And then, you know, us wanting to see our dad, it was just kind of like always we, we just didn't know. And then there was information kept from us, obviously, because we're kids. They don't want to fully involve us. Um, well, my mom was like that. My mom was like still to this day. It's like hard to really get her to open up about herself. My dad, he, he would probably tell us everything just just because he wanted like so desperately uh, to be in our lives, and I am thankful for that, even though, you know, it was to a certain capacity after the divorce. Um, but, yeah, he did, you know, try very hard. So, you know, he wanted to always be real with us, and I think that's how he saw the best way to be. It was like, 
just being 100% real, explaining to us the situation. And, you know, maybe it's more details than we should have known at the time, but I do appreciate that, you know, he was at least trying to be real with us at the time. Of course. And so at that age, like for me, I was five, so... I, I can't really tell you what was going on too much or that I really understood. But, you know, eight, nine, that's a little bit older. So you do understand a little bit more. So did you find yourself taking sides when they would tell you these things? Or were you just, you know, were you just trying to get both of their love and you just wanted to do whatever, you know, the, that was going to do? Um, I did sort of find myself taking um, sides at different times, you know, different information gets presented at different points and then, you know, some things that, you you know, you might find out something unpleasant, you know, that your dad did when, you know, even before you were born. And then, you know, just kind of like this shift. It's always been like them trying to influence our, our perspectives in a way and trying to like tell us how to think. And I'm glad I've been able to get to a point now in my life where I've gotten past that and I could just accept, you know, relationships just don't work out sometimes. Right. And at the end of the day. You know, they're better off apart than they were together. Um, but, yeah, there was definitely times where, you know, I was taking sides, where times where I felt, you know, my dad was more on the right, times where I felt like my mom was more on the right. But, you know, I don't think I ever, it was like a yearning, you know, for both. I feel like they, 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 they showed love to the best of their abilities. I think the problem is the way that they were raised, you know, they just didn't know how to love you know, the right way, you know, they just knew what they were showed. And, you know, it's not like growing up in America, the way it was growing up there. My dad growing up in El Salvador, you know, not knowing when exactly they're going to get food. Um, and my dad's seen some crazy shit too. Like, um, you know, his father was murdered at a young age. Um, my mother was an orphan in Puerto Rico, separated from the, you know, her siblings. So there, there was a lot of trauma from them. And, you know, these things are generational. They, they, they don't just stay where they're at, even though, no matter how much they try to, you know, suppress it from you or try to make sure it doesn't get to you, like, it's going to somehow slip out and, you know, come on to you. Like, it, it's generational thing. Yeah, absolutely. And it sounds like you're in a good place with it, as am I, you know, at, because I've now I've lived, now I've gone through a divorce. And, and so now, you know, I want my children to understand. And in and, and, and these things, it's helped me to understand, like you said, they come from a different past that I don't know of. You know, they were raised a certain way. They were shown certain affections and this and that. But at the same time, like now we know this, right? But growing up in those formative years, I didn't. So it affected me a lot, man. It affected my relationships with not only friends, but, you know, lovers. Like I just, I had huge, just major abandonment issues. You know, anytime I got, I found like a girl getting close, I, that's when I would panic and bounce because I was so terrified that that, that female figure was going to leave because I didn't have, you know, that affection. So how did it affect you growing up, you know, with relationships and things like that? And did you know that that was affecting you or, or did you just think, you were just behaving that way just because? Um, I, it definitely affected me. Um, I definitely wasn't aware of it at the time, but I, I did grow aware that I did have a certain level of abandonment issues. I think it might have affected me a little bit different in my relationships from, than yours because I, I, like, I wouldn't panic and hit the like escape. I would like, cling on to the relationship. Like, mm -hmm. no, like, because, you know, I had been left, like, you know, it got to a point where my dad eventually, you know, moved to Texas. So, you know, he was thousands of miles away. It was just me and my mom, 
you know, my brothers are a lot older than me. So it's like, I'm, you know, by myself. Uh, so at the end of the day, I did have, you know, a level of abandonment issues um, that I didn't realize. And it wasn't just with, you know, women where they would show up, you know, with, with my best friends too, like um, not setting boundaries like the way I should, um, because, you know, I don't want to do anything to, you know, maybe damage the friendship or, you know, hurt their feelings. Like, even though I, like, I know I'm within my rights to set the boundaries and even say no. Um, but at the end of the day, it's, you know, sometimes I just wouldn't because I wouldn't see it as worth it. Right. Cause I want to keep everyone close. Right. No, I feel that man. And so when it came to, to mental health and you're growing up and you're dealing with these things, especially, I mean, I can only imagine, you know, pops thousands of miles away. You couldn't, get to him if you wanted to on your own and mom's maybe not having the best of days and you're having a real bad day, a real shit day. You're feeling it. Was there someone for you to go to? Was there an open platform when it came to these types of things or was it just kind of, did you just have to gut it? Uh, well, I did have um, my big brother, Christian, who is um, four years older than me. Um, he was kind of, you know, he was more than my, like, big brother in a lot of ways. Like, he was the one, you know, he would show me, you know, different books, different things to watch, different things to listen to, you know, challenge my perspectives on, on different things, you know, make me see things outside of my own viewpoint. And he, he grew up to become a teacher, so, you know, he does the same thing uh, for all his students. And, you know, then he was, you know, like, he was also, in, in a way, kind of like my dad, too, like, just, just because he he really guided me through shit. He he, I learned from his mistakes. Um, and yeah, I feel like he was, you know, overall my brother was more present, you know, throughout my life than you know my dad was. Yeah, I had you know I had two my brothers as well, and it was my dad was a truck driver, and we had a couple stepmoms and things like that. So my dad was my dad's a truck driver now too. Yeah, so I, I you know he wasn't really there for me to express these things to, and my brothers. They were there for me, but it's just those things weren't talked about. You know what I mean? It, it wasn't really like if I was going through something or if I was crying they, and they would ask me why, I would have to make shit up because I didn't want them to know what I was going through because I didn't know how they would yeah. take that. You know, did you experience that with, with your brothers? Yeah, yeah, no. Uh, you know, with my brothers, it was more like, you know, I learned from them, but, you know, when it came to emotional stuff and things like that, yeah, no, I couldn't talk to them about things like that. Um, I, I would be embarrassed and then, you know, one thing, the, the relationship with me and my brother wasn't always like that. Like at, at first, you know, there was a lot of tension between us. I think there was a lot of jealousy, me being, uh, the baby of the family. So, you know, the babies always get treated differently. I think there was a little bit of resentment uh, about that. So, you know, I'm gonna be real. My, both of my brothers at, at one point in my life, they were both like you know, dickheads to me. Right. Um, over time, you know, I've gotten over it because I, you know, I'm able to take myself out of, you know, where I'm at and what I'm dealing with and really see, you know, the reasons why they were being the way they were born. And, you know, thankfully, you know, as my brother grew up, you know, our relationship got a lot better. Um, you know, we kind of realized that we were all that we had. Um, so why are we going to be beefing with each other? And, you know, I'm really thankful for that. Yeah, of course, man. That's that's a beautiful thing, you know. But again, like I said, you're at a place now where you understand it, and hindsight is twenty twenty. But go back to that period, man, when that was going on, and they were being shitty to you. Like I said, and mom's is having a rough day, and pops is in Texas. How did you deal with that, man? How did you process all that and those feelings when you just felt like fuck? I got nothing here. 
You know what's crazy? It's like you start to see that as normal, bro. Like it's not. You don't even think that you're dealing with anything. You just think this is life, and then you get to a point where you grow up and you realize there's a lot more than what you're experiencing. And then I was like, oh shit, like things are not supposed to be this way. My family is not, you know, that's not how you're supposed to, you know, express love uh, to one another. You know, it's okay, you know, to be there for one another. You know, there's no softness and being vulnerable with your family. Like, like, I eventually thought, like, how are you going to, like, feel ashamed like to, to open up to your own family to your own flesh and blood if you can't cross that bridge and you can't cross those boundaries it's like how are you gonna really feel good you know with most people in your life like so i didn't really look at it at that point in time like it was anything i was dealing with um maybe i just you know found a ton of distractions i'll throw myself in you know watching a bunch of anime listening to a bunch of music to try to escape um, you know, I was watching, you know, every movie that I could get my hands on. I probably, that was probably my coping me- mechanism without me realizing it. I was just looking for escape, looking for, you know, looking to go somewhere else in my mind. But I didn't look at it as, you know, what it really was, which was a coping mechanism. But, you know, now that we're talking about it, now that I'm really like searching within myself, I think I'll just avoid it. To be, I wouldn't deal with it. It would just, you know, be there. Right, yeah, and I think growing up the youngest of three brothers as I did, it, it does come with a lot of stress, man, because like you said, there is that jealousy where it's like, dog, it's not my fault this is where I was born, you know, but there's special treatment and this and that they feel, so it's like, damn, I got to deal with that. I mean, on the daily, you get what I'm saying? And, you know, one of the most important things for, for any of us is to be accepted. Like, the worst feeling is going on the first day of school and you don't know nobody, you know, and the second you connect with somebody, you're like, oh, hell yeah, you know, now somebody rocks with me, and so... That's important to us as humans, so especially when it comes to our own family, you know what I mean? You definitely want to feel like that. So how did it come, like when you were forming your identity, I know for me, like I had a brother that was four years older and one that was eight years older, so I kind of would try to do things that they both like to try to fit it, even though, even though it wasn't really my jam, I would attempt to do that to, to make them, I guess, kind of proud or accepting. So was there some of that going on as well? Yeah, for sure. Like, I, I feel like the whole reason I got into basketball, like, as I was younger was because my big brother Christian, you know, he played basketball every day with his friends. I mean, you know, if I played and got good, you know, I, I could be around them. Um, you know, if I wasn't, I, I would have to stay home. Um, so, you know, that, that was definitely something. Uh, but if you want to crazy, talk about like, you know, forming your identity, finding yourself. I feel like I'm just now, at, you know, 25 years of age really starting to know who I am um, because I did spend a lot of time um, as I was younger trying to fit in with other people, you know, trying to be accepted by in crowds and, and things like that. Um, you know, thinking, you know, if I act this way, oh, you know, people will like me. And then, you know, it's crazy. Whenever I acted any way that was outside of myself, I always looked like a fool. Oh, I always, you know, like I felt shamed about it because I wasn't being authentic. I wasn't being true to who I am. Um, so now that I kind of have started to go through things, you know, find out, you know, I feel like in order to find out who you are, um, you kind of have to eliminate who you're not. So like, yeah, as you go through, you try different things, you have different experiences, you realize, you know, what's for you and what's not for you. Right. Yeah. Because you really you can't lie to that mirror, bro. No matter how hard you try, you know, you can dress the part, you can speak the part. But if you're not living the part, I mean, you it's hard for me to sleep at night, you know, knowing that I'm not being as authentic as I need to be.
yeah, no, definitely. And and that's always been my thing too. It's like, you know, when you go home at the end of the day, when you go to sleep, when you wake up, you're by yourself. You have to answer to you and, you know, God is, or whoever your higher power is, you know, whatever you believe in. Um, but that, that's truly is like you come into this world alone, you're going to go out of it. Uh, so, I mean, and everything else is fugazi. It's all for show. Like everything, you know, pe- everyone has an opinion about things. You know, people think, you know, social media has kind of like shrunk our worlds and made us think like, you know, oh, the whole world is really seeing our lives play out when it's really, like, only, like, a couple hundred people. But those, you know, those opinions are so fucking loud that people, you know, might think it's actually the whole world, but, you know, it's really just a few people on your phone. Right, yeah, and and, it, and it's just crazy how what you experience in people and what you see in people and how you know that people are hurting, man, because, like me, you know, I'll jump on and I'll drop some motivational words or just some words of kindness, you know, and... Of course, there's people that enjoy it, but there's always people that are always going to look sideways at it. Like, what are you doing? What, what are you after? Like, who, what are you trying to, to get? And it's just like nothing. You don't have nothing I want. I promise you. But we just come from a generation of people that are hurt, man, and people that have been hurt, that they're at a point where they don't trust nobody. So when someone's kind to them, it catches them off guard, you know, and I know for me, one way that I always tried to fill that void was with alcohol, man. And I don't drink no more, but I used to. And there's a big difference between knocking back a couple drinks or smoking a little bit after work and really, really kind of diving into that darker place. So was that ever something that, you know, you had to deal with or were you able to pretty much, you know, not really fall prey to those uh, demons? Uh, I I do have, you know, a bit of an addictive uh, personality, uh, thankfully, my body never responded too well to alcohol, so I think that really did save me from becoming an alcoholic. Um, I do smoke weed um, less now than I did before, but I honestly do think there's nothing wrong with marijuana, but it definitely is something that could be abused. Um, and I think that's like, because, you know, I was just high from the moment I woke up to the right. moment I went to sleep, you know, smoking about, you know, six or seven times, you know, a day, you know, just to the face just shit like that and then you realize it's like you know, the whole day goes by you haven't really done shit you, your money is not there you're not really doing anything for yourself and time is just fucking passing you by um so it's definitely something i've had to you know work around and you know but you know i still you know smoke weed and i am able to accomplish things you know i i'm back in school now there was a time where I had left school because I wasn't entirely sure what I wanted to do. Um, so, you know, I worked a lot of different jobs, you know, fucking food service, valet, like all kinds of shit. I worked in the insurance industry. I did like a lot of shit and I found out like a lot of shit that wasn't for me. And, then, you know, ultimately I did decide to go back to school. And, you know, I look at weed now as more of a reward than anything else. Like, you know, I try not to start my day off, you know, with the wake and bake no more. I try to, you know, get everything I need to accomplish done and, you know, I reward myself with that at the end of the day. Um, I do feel like eventually I will transition away from it. Um, but, you know, right now I, I don't really see it as anything that's hindering me um, too much. And I, I never really explored any, you know, drugs outside of that. Um, you know, maybe have, you know, taken Adderall occasionally for, you know, when schoolwork piles up too much, but 
that's just a fucking college student at the end of the day. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I think that's good. I think it's healthy to have that balance. You know, what I don't like doing is telling people, well, this is what you should do. And this is how much you should have. Like, it's not my place, bro. If, if you're getting things done and you're, like I said, authentic with yourself and you can look in that mirror knowing that it's not a hindrance and, and you're in control, then it's all good. But I think when it's not all good, that's when you really have to come to that place and admit to yourself, this is not a good place. Yeah, for sure. And I could be a naturally lazy person and I have worked a lot um, to, you know, get out of that. Um, and it's definitely something that I've overcome. And, you know, whenever I do fall into those pits, I feel like, you know, I do sometimes deal with some depression and anxiety, um, not to, you know, the degree of, you know, some other people, but, you know, I feel like we all deal with it in some ways. And I feel like when I'm feeling it the most is just, you know, when I'm wasting time, when I'm not being my most productive. And I've just learned, like, I don't want to feel like that anymore. I don't want to feel bad. Like, I don't want to just put all these, you know, shitty fast foods into my body. I don't want to, you know, just keep fucking hitting up friends every day, seeing what they're up to and not really worrying about what I got to do, not really thinking about the future, just living for the day. Um, so a lot has changed with me with that. And, you know, it's great. But I feel like overall, I'm at the place where I am right now uh, because of my awareness of that, of, of the awareness that, you know, these are the things that have been making me feel, you know, this way. And these are the things that make me feel better. I'm not saying this is like, you know, uh, one size fits all remedy for everybody. Of but, course. Um, but, you know, I feel like when I have goals and I'm actually working towards something, um, I barely ever feel those feelings of like doubt, depression, anxiety, and all that. But, you know, when I let myself get complacent, uh, which is really easy to do, because, you know, anyone could get momentum for a week or two and, you know, really feel like they're pushing towards something. But, you know, you take that one day off, that one day off turns to two, yep. turns to three, yeah. and then, you know, you turns into a month you haven't done shit absolutely so those those are that's been my biggest thing is just trying not to fall into those cycles and you know just it's an everyday process you know because anybody like i've gone i've been at points where i've lost you know getting at the pandemic lost like 30 pounds you know best shape of my life and then you know got cold again you know got a little comfy got into a relationship you know weight got put right back on you know right. so I'm definitely, you know, trying to get back into it. But, you know, no, nobody's perfect. It's an everyday thing. You're not ever going to be done working on yourself. You're going to be working on yourself to the day you die. Right. Yeah. And I think that's one of the things you learn with age, man. And I think as you were younger, you're kind of thinking like, I'm working towards feeling good. I'm working towards all of this stress going away. And you believe like at some point you're going to hit that. But we're we're not. It's it's a work in progress every day, every single day, whether it's financially, spiritually, mentally, all of it, man. It's always going to be a work in progress. And when you begin to accept that and understand that, then you know, okay, I, I can work hard at this, you know, and just keep working hard and just knowing that no matter what, no matter what point I get to today, I did the best that I could do, you know what I mean? But all that being said, man, and being in those good head spaces and knowing, hey, things are going good for me, like myself, you know, married, my kids, house over my head, everything is beautiful. But some days I just wake up, man, and it's just, 
I can't tell you why, but I just don't feel good, man. I feel bad. I feel real sad. I feel worthless, you know, and I think we all feel those days. So when that happens to you, what helps you, like, where do you find that motivation from within when you wake up in the morning and you're just like, you know what? I don't want to do none of this shit, you know, but if I don't, bills don't get paid, you know, mouths don't get fed, all of that. But right here now, I don't want to fucking do it. How do you push yourself past it in those moments? Well, I think it's just becoming lately, you get to a point where you get fed up. Like you get fed up with where you're at. You get fed up with, you know, two, three years in a row, you, you have a birthday and it's like nothing's really fucking changed in your life. Um, so I think I've gotten to the point where I just refuse to allow myself to get there. I do have my bad days, not saying that I don't. Um, you know, I could get down on myself. Um but I just know that those things are temporary. I think that's always what I try to remind myself is feelings come and go. You're not always going to be at a high and you're not always going to be at a low. Um, so, so I try to stay, you know, as neutral and in between as possible. But, you know, that, I think that's the main thing I tell myself is no matter how bad I feel, I'm not going to feel bad forever. No matter how good I feel, you know, I'm not going to be able to hold on to this. And I think that's a lot of, um, you know, sometimes I get sad because, you know, I would just try to hang on to the good feelings too long. And, you know, you know, moments are meant to be passed. You know, not everything's meant to last forever. Of course. Yeah, of course. And again, I think all of that just comes with age, man. And I think the younger generation, it, my heart breaks for them because a lot of them, it's like we're watching them go through things that we went through, but now we understand. And if you attempt to tell them that they, you know, they take it as, as you're coming at them some sort of way when it's like, man, I'm just like, I'm begging you to see what I did wrong, you know, and learn from that. Do you have like, is there? Yeah, a, no, I. Yeah, go ahead. No, I have um, a little sister. She's 17 years old. Um, you know, my my dad had a, you know, baby with another woman. So, you know, her life has been a lot different than mine. You know, we weren't raised in the same household, but, it, you know, it's really hard. You know, at this point in her life, she feels like she knows everything. Right, yeah. Uh, you know, As they all do at 17. She, She's very combative. Um, you know, she really doesn't like taking any advice. And, you know, I feel like she takes advice as like a form of, are right, you really just telling me like, I don't know anything. And, you know, they take it there. Like they get really defensive about, you know, being corrected. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And like I said, it's just, it it's always comes from a good place, man. Like, because it is up to you and I and everybody out there as men and women to set this example, man, to set this new standard, to not be whoever the generation was before us, but to be our own men and women and to share these things and to, and to explain to them and let them know, like, dog, I'm just trying to give you the easiest life possible because... I made those same mistakes that you're making, you know, and, and yes, I, I'm doing better now, but you can be where I'm at with a lot less work. Yeah, no, for sure. And that that is something I even think about. And I also think that's a motivation because, you know, even though I don't have kids, I don't have a family yet, I am starting to see, you know, that's not that far down the line. You know, I'm 25. I feel, I feel like I'm close to 30, even though I'm 25. I feel like, you know, like time flies by faster and faster as we go on, as we get older. I feel like before you know it, I'm going to wake up and I'm going to be 30. And I just think about that. And I'm like, yo, if I'm 30 years old and I'm in the same place I am as I was like when I was 25, you know, that I, I can't accept that. That's, that's not something that I could accept for myself. 
Um, so I think that's what pushes me. Um, that's what, you know, has me working hard. You know, I not only go to school, I have a job and then, you know, I do the podcast as well. Um, and you know, that's, you know, doing the whole podcast thing is, you know, working for yourself. You know, we're both, you know, investing our time in ourselves. And, you know, I feel like that's something that more people need to do. I mean, you know, I feel like if more people, but you know, not everybody has that option. You got bills, people got kids, or, you know, people, you know, have things, they, they really don't have the time um, to do that. But I mean, if there is an option for some people, I do feel like, you know, just reinvesting that time in yourself, there's something that you feel so, you know, it, it's uplifting to you. I mean, I've, ever since I started doing the podcast, you know, I feel like that's something I do for me. You know, you do a job, but you don't, you know, you collect, you live in paycheck to paycheck. You don't feel like you're doing shit. You feel like you're just working, you know, to live, get by. Mm -hmm. You know, you go home, you, you fucking chill for three hours, go to sleep and do it all over again. So, you know, I, you know, hope that that doesn't, you know, I don't have to go back to, you know, living like that, you know, fingers crossed, you know, me and you both, we both, you know, make, start making money off our podcast, you know, don't have to work around. That's, that's my ultimate goal. Um, you know, is to be able to, you know, just do what I love, do what I'm passionate about and, you know, really live this life the way I felt like it's meant to be lived. Like, I don't feel like I believe in God. Uh, so I don't feel like God put it on this planet to work a nine to five to pay bills and shit. Like that's just something, you know, modern society came up with all that. Right. But I, I honestly feel like we're just at the end of the day meant to just coexist, build relationships, live off of each other. You know, there was a world here, you know, before capitalism, before all this shit. And I feel like, you know, it would be good to be able to sort of, you know, we're never going to get back to that, but I do feel like ultimately, you know, our purpose here is not to, you know, just work a nine to five, build up our 401k and, you know, do all that shit. I feel like our purpose here is much greater than that. Yeah, absolutely. And I think one of the, the greatest things that we can do as a species is create, man, that we have that ability to, to create, whether it's drawing, rapping, writing, whatever the case may be. In our case, podcasting, you know, for me, this is, this is such a blessing, man. And it came along right when I needed it, right when the pandemic hit, when I didn't even know what, you know, I couldn't even control my own thoughts, let alone talk to someone else about theirs. And it has just been so great. And it's become a part of my life to where it's not just, you know, it's, it's means something to me. And I want to make sure when I'm telling these stories, these very intimate stories that I'm telling them, right, that my audio is on point, that my editing's on point, that everything is, is on point so that your stories are getting out there in the best possible way, man. So I know that it's the same for you. And, you know, I know how much you guys put into the show. So let's talk about it, man. Tell me all about embrace the grind and, and just, you know, just let everybody know what is it. If somebody comes to you, Hey, say, this is my podcast, you know, what's it about? And first things first, let's start with the name, man. Cause I love it. So tell, tell me, how did you guys decide on that name when you decided to do this? Well, uh, me and my co-host, BJ Loco, uh, we loved MMA overall. And our favorite fighter, uh, you know, not active, just recently retired, is Daniel Cormier. Um, and, you know, we watched a lot of videos, YouTube highlights, him training at AKA. Um, and that's something that he would say a lot. You know, it's all about embracing the grind. And, you know, me being a little bit heavier set guy, I look at a guy like DC, like, you know, looking like Kung Fu Panda and shit. And he's, you know, out here, like, representing for the, you know, the big boys out here. So, I, you know, DC, you know, we completely got that from him. Um, you know, we went, I've witnessed DC fight twice in person. 
uh, once, you know, against Rumble Johnson, the other time against Volkanovski in Boston, uh, secured the victory both times. And yeah, no, Daniel Cormier, role model, um, ultimately. But yeah, that's where we got it from. And then, you know, that's something we would also just say to each other, you know, when our workouts in the gym, you know, like, you know, you just got to buckle down. It's all about embracing the grind. And I think it doesn't just, you know, apply to the physical. It applies to the mental. It applies to the spiritual. It applies to all the shit that could come up in your life. Um, You know, during this time in the pandemic, you know, people have been going through losses. People have been just experiencing hardships, you know, losing jobs, losing money, all kinds of shit. Um, So, you know, it's just all about, you know, just embracing those things that, you know, come with life ultimately at the end of the day. Um, but, you know, we also, you know, talk about other sports. It's not just MMA. You know, we love basketball. We talk about football, boxing. And, you know, ultimately, uh, we do want to talk about, you know, more more things than this, that, you know, life things as well. Um, but, you know, we're, we're getting better at fitting that all into the show and still, you know, staying on point with the flow and all that. Yeah, yeah, of course, man. And, and as someone who, who has been down from the jump, it, it's been awesome, man, like I said at the beginning, to to witness the evolution, man, to hear the audio get better, to hear the structure get better, you know. To And, again, I enjoyed it all, bro, but, you know, it, it's good to see that evolution. It, and it's just it's one thing when you have to tell somebody, oh, these are the improvements I've made. But when you can hear it, that lets you know that you're doing something right, man. So I'm just telling you, you know, as a fan of the show, I appreciate the work you guys put into it. It's showing, and I'm just excited, man, to see where you go from here with it. Yeah, for sure. It's, um, just like you, I don't even think, you know, this thing might have not started if it wasn't for the pandemic. Um, it was an idea that me and BJ Loco, we talked about it, you know, for a long time. You mentioned, you know, it would be cool. I mean... You know, we spend all our time we watching, you know, the Chael Saunders, we're watching the Matt Sarahs, we're watching, you know, Joe Rogan's, all those MMA podcasts. We're like, yo, that's cool. We love it. We're obsessed with it. All we do is listen to fucking podcasts. Why don't we do it? And so I honestly don't know, like, really where it came about. I think I just it was one day just overridden with, like, I was just compelled. I was like, I called him. I was like, yo, let's stop fucking around. Like, let's just do it. I don't care how it comes out. I know we're not going to be fucking professionals day one, but let's just get it done. And we came, we recorded in my basement in this room that we're in right now. We had one microphone. We, you know, we were just on the mic. And, but just the sense of accomplishment we had after just recording that first episode, uh, we just knew it was something that we wanted to do. And like, even though it was rough and I cringed, if I was to go back in that episode, <laughs> I would still cringe. Um, but we just, you could see that there was gems of potential in there. Um, you know, this is a sign that we were actually, you know, we were excited, uh, you know, even from the first, even though it was bad, like we were still, you know, we were enjoying ourselves. And like you said, we have, you know, made the progressions. Our audio has gotten a lot better. Uh, we're way more structured. Um, you know, we, you know, we go through an overview. We have meetings, we talk. And, you know, we even, you know, pray on the podcast, you know, you know, pray for the success, you know, pray God. Uh, gives me the words to say, at, you know, at the right time, make sure I'm never, you know, you know, don't say, you know, he just makes whatever I want to say. I just always pray that I get the words to, to come through and really deliver my message. And I, I also think energy, energy is always the biggest thing for Absolutely, me. Yeah. If, the, if the energy is not right, the episode is not going to be good. If we come in dull, the episode is going to be dull. If the song that we start with is whack, um, you know, it's going to ruin the flow for the whole show. So 
that that's always been my biggest thing is just making sure I'm good, making sure my energy is right before we record, and then we just go in. I mean, we've been friends for over a decade, me and BJ Loco. Like, it's crazy. We've been friends since middle school. Uh, and then you want know, us crazy this weekend? He, you know, he's having he had his baby shower. He's about to have welcome nice, his man, kid into nice. the world. He's, he's going to be man, the first one of us to do that. So, yeah, so it's definitely a blessing. But, you know, we, we have a natural chemistry just because how long we've been friends. And, you know, we both love MMA. We both love sports. Um, even, you know, growing up, you know, we that's the, the main subject of our conversations. Even when we're texting, we're talking, we you know, anything. We're talking about sports. So it's like, why not try to make this a thing? Why not try to, you know, try to make some money off of this? Like, we do it because we love it. You know, we, we haven't, you know, made a, a fucking penny off of this shit yet, uh, but we're going to keep showing up. And, you know, eventually we do feel like it is going to lead to something and it's going to, you know, venture off into a lot of different things. Yeah, of course, man. Sky's the limit when you're driving the bus. You know what I mean? And I think what I like most about it is I'm a diehard MMA, but, you know, when it comes to other sports, I'm a filthy casual. You know what I'm saying? Like, I know the superstars. I know the headlines. So that's what I enjoy about your show is that it does give me a good dose of the MMA. But then I also, you know, get to hear about the other headlines because I am interested in those, but not enough to sit down and, and, and wait for those segments on SportsCenter. You know what I mean? So that's why I like your guys as much like my boys in the Hype vs. Hate podcast. You know, they also talk about the headlines and sports and things like that. And it's just it's a different vibe when it's not some professional stuff stuck up dude you know trying to relate to whereas it's just people that you would rock with and they're just you know letting you know what's cracking yeah and i do feel like that is something that is different about our podcast than most is i feel like if you were to try to bring someone into the sport that you know never watched it before you know and they're trying to like look for a breakdown i feel like ours is very listener friendly towards you know any level of expertise it doesn't matter you know if you're a diehard MMA fan, you can tell that we watch this shit religiously. But if, if you're a casual, you know, we, we do a good job of breaking shit down. And also, we realize the casual fan is important. Like, it's important to any sport. Like, 15% of the market is the diehard fans. The rest is the casuals. Yeah. And what the casuals really love, what really gets them invested, is a narrative. Like, ultimately, and I feel like we do a good job of telling that side. We're not going to be the best at breaking down the technique, the X's and O's. Uh, BJ Loco will be a little bit better than that to me because he has a little bit of grappling experience and all that. Um, but, you know, I think, you know, fucking Ian at Slip the Jab, like, he's the one, that, you know, that I hear. He, he'll tell you how exactly that motherfucker put him in a Kimura. Yeah, how he put Ian's him in a cold we're, we're not going to do that. I'm, <laughs> we're, we're just not there. But we're the narrative of the fight, you know, the actual personality, the backgrounds, the stories, you know, we're really good at that. And I feel like ultimately, you know, that's what brings people in is the storytelling. Yeah. And I think we, there's also just a sense of acceptance. Like there's no elite type of bullshit, you know, like me, dog, I've been watching since UFC one, no joke, nonstop. But if you just started watching two weeks ago, come on in, man. You know what I mean? Like who cares? There, there ain't no room for that shit to me. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, I see a lot of people, you know, busting balls, like, Oh, you got into it with McGregor, or you got into it with Ronda Rousey. Like, yo, who gives a fuck? Like, yeah. why are you trying to protect this thing? It's like you don't want anyone to have access to it. Like, you felt like you know, like, oh, you liked it before it was popular and all that. It's like people like with an artist where they like, oh, you know, I started listening to that artist before anyone knew about him. Like, so fucking what? And ultimately, 
me and BJ Loco, we want, we're fans of the sport growing. Like, we often root for what we think would be the best result for the company, you know, going forward. You know, sometimes we do have those sentimental attachments to fighters. Uh, but we know, like, oh, it'll be better for the sport if Sugar Sean O'Malley keeps fucking winning. It would be better for the sport if Francis Ngannou wasn't champion, so we're going to root for that. So, like, we ultimately are fans. We know that the sport is the fastest-growing sport. Um, we recognize that there is a lane for it because even though there are, you know, MMA podcasts out there, it's still a field that's growing, and you never know what this field is going to turn into in the next five years. I mean, podcasts have changed so much. It's like you look at, you know, 10 years ago, you said you had a podcast. You were like, looked at that like what the fuck is that yeah. like you're just a lo- you're a loser like podcasting <laughs> and now everyone wants to make a podcast because they see what it's becoming it's like it's gonna take over the entire media space like even fucking shows radio shows are turning their shit into podcasts because they know that's where people are going so we're, we're still feel like we, we we're striking at a good time yeah, definitely, man. And it, it's an honor to be, you know, creating amongst you guys in this time, man. I'm enjoying the growth from all of us in the commission, you know what I mean? And just seeing it in general, it's a beautiful thing, man. So you guys make sure to go subscribe to Embrace the Grind, and that's available on all platforms, right? All, all major Spotify, iTunes. Yeah, Spotify, iTunes mainly. Um, we are going to be uh, launching a website pretty soon that you can get the episodes on there, um, you know, just becoming more accessible. And, then, you know, that's going to lead to other things. Uh, we eventually do want to, you know, launch some merchandise and clothing. Um, you know, we feel like their name, Embrace the Grind, it makes all the sense in the world, you know, come out with some workout gear or some shit. Um, so, you know, it, it, we're, we're growing, we're, we're building. Um, and, yeah, we're almost approaching a year of us doing this. So, you know, it's going to keep going. Uh, the podcast is never going to die. And, you know, hopefully, you know, we, we make it to where we want to go. Um, but, yeah, no, that's basically where we're at right now in the podcast and yeah it's been great and i've gotten to meet people like you uh people like greg from the and then some podcasts you know chris from unmatched and and it's great because those are people that i reached out to before i even started you know recording a podcast like i you know i wanted to reach out to people that were in similar situations to me that were relatively unknown you know trying to grow from scratch you know, didn't have any big machine behind them pumping them. And, you know, just talk to them about, you know, what did they do with when they got started, what equipment they were they using. And it's crazy. The people that I've asked for help for have been, you know, my biggest supporters. So, you know, I would also just say that to people, you know, just, you know, don't be shy to reach out to other creators because, you know, we all we got is each other, you know, and it's, being a creator is, you know, only a creator is going to understand the path of the creator. Right. Um, so, you know, I think I, I like that we have our own little group, our own little community. And, you know, if anyone, you know, wants to be a part of that, join that. And if anyone's thinking about starting a podcast, you can definitely reach out to the Embrace the Grind pod page. You know, we'll answer any questions y'all got. And, you know, you know, I just, I feel like more people should be like that. Like, you know, more open to, you know, helping out other people. And, you know, I think, you know, it will be better because it's not like, only one podcast could succeed. Right. You know, I, I see a world where every single one of the, our podcasts are relevant, doing good. And, you know, we we have our own close-knit group where we're all rooting for each other. And I think, you know, that that's a blessing in itself that I found people like that, you know, creators that are, you know, 
wanting to see me succeed and um, I want them to succeed as well. Yeah, absolutely, man. And you know, I've been in your corner since day zero, man, and I'll be in there till the wheels fall off, bro, always, man. So just before we get out of here, uh, just to someone listening now that might be just in a dark place, man, that just feels like they got nothing left and they're just ready to throw in the towel, man, what do you got to say to them to, just to keep them going, to keep them fighting that fight to, to live another day? Um, that regardless of what you're going through, um, how bad things feel in the moment, that like I said before, things things are temporary. You know, you're gonna. The moment is going to pass. Um, you know, time ultimately is the ultimate healer. Um, you know, and but fuck, it's really hard to say. Um, you know, different people going through different things. Of course, I can't yeah. even imagine. Um, but ultimately, I'll just say, you know, try to make it. You know, through to the next moment. You know, don't give up on yourself. Um, and then ultimately, just embrace what comes with life that's it man that's all you can do one day at a time brother shout out to you and bj local over at the podcast we we wish you the greatest success man anybody you want to say what's up to before we get out of here um you know just shout out to everybody in the commission you know i definitely appreciate the support you know sharing of the podcast um and then yeah no anyone that you know wants to collaborate um definitely i feel like this went well um, so, you know, I definitely be more open to going on other podcasts. So if you want to reach out, you want to collaborate, you know, just DM me, Embrace the Grind Pod. You know, I basically follow everyone back on there. I interact with everybody. Um, so, yeah, no, that, that's basically what I'll leave you with. Just, you know, check us out. And, you know, we'll we'll try to keep you entertained and try to bring you into our conversation. Right on, man. Thank you, brother, for taking the time. I really appreciate you. Thank you guys for listening, and we'll see you next time. Thank you. See you next time. Summertime blues. Anything I do, it seems I just can't get through all these bad moods. All right, everybody, thank you so much for tuning in. It really does mean the world to us. Shout out to Alex for taking the time. Make sure to support him over at the Embrace the Grind podcast. Make sure to follow us at Put the Stress Down podcast on Instagram and at PTSD pod on Twitter. And you can access all of our content and merchandise at www.extendedfamilyapparel.com. We'll see you soon.